to the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. We deliver a hunting podcast from Ontario, Canada. We're going to give you season updates, harvest reports, and how we go from field to plate. We're going to even talk about our equipment setups and all the cool hunting stories we've experienced over the years. We're just a couple of guys who understand we don't know everything, but boy, can we put meat on the table every year. And speaking of putting meat on the table every year, every dish we certainly like to enjoy a little additive to our wild game meats, and that is Kickaboo Spices. Kickaboo Spices is geared to helping and enjoying a healthier lifestyle with your food and your dishes. And Kickaboo Spices makes some awesome products, marinades, jerky marinades, and as well as some great rubs that go on all of your delicious wild game meats. Yep. Check out kickabooSpices.com and use the promo KICKAOP for 10% off your purchase. They're low sodium, they're made in Ontario, they're by hunters for hunters, and they're awesome guys. All right, we're changing this up. I'm doing the intro. So we're actually in Markham, Ontario right now. Yeah. Yeah, Markham. Got back from a little fishing and hiking slash adventure trip. Slash we don't know really even where we were. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cam and I basically just picked a spot on the map, said let's drive there, let's hike, let's fish, and let's see what happens. You know, we brought a water filtration system, we brought um, some packable food and a backpack, and that's what we did. So mm-hmm. we ended up doing that. And Successful we're actually, or unsuccessful? Um, successful in the sense of like it was nice to get away and have fun and that's all I really wanted mm-hmm. um, unsuccessful in the sense of uh, I got one fish tell us about that fish it was pretty exciting. it was a rock bass it was beautiful <laughs> um, really nice red eye to him you know like, I'm telling you like maybe world record rock bass probably weighed like you know 30 pounds yeah <laughs> 30 grams yeah <laughs> 30 grams um, so now we're in Markham like we said and we're actually hanging out at Ray's house which is from Kickaboo Spices so Ray thanks for having us over and it's good to see you again man. oh thanks for coming over guys it's great to have you guys over I think this is the first time other than the sportsman show I get to battle it out with a microphone with Cam so nice. this will be good this will be, be a cross table right now so yeah, this is that's awesome this will be fun if so, we go eye to eye, things might get weird, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Just stare at each other down. So I guess we haven't seen you since yeah, the Toronto Sportsman Show since March. And uh, so what's going on, Ray? What's new? Oh, family changes, life changes. Uh, we just had our second child, so life is getting a little bit busy. So for those of you following us on uh, online, we've been a little bit lax there. Um, that's only because life got busy, so it'll it'll pick up again, but... Yeah, Kickaboo is still moving forward. We've got a couple couple new sizes of marinade, maybe. Um, sounds like Marcello wants to see these sizes in jerky as well. And we brought our pepperoni out at Sportsman Show. Many people tried those, and that's been going really, really well. So we're just ramping up for people thinking about cleaning out their freezers and getting ready for the fall. And yeah, trying to do all of that on very little sleep. It's fantastic. <laughs> sounds enjoyable. <laughs> So right here we've just we've got the bottles in front of us. We got three fifty five. What are the maybes that we're gonna offer? So we've got one liter plastic and two liter plastic jugs. Okay. So the one liter would be about three three fifty five glass bottles. Mm-hmm. So essentially it's just more value for the customer. Right. So essentially we're putting three bottles into one. Hopefully shipping gets a little bit cheaper, a little bit easier, and then we don't have a price point on it yet. It's just literally testing bottle sizes and different types to see what the interest might be, but we're curious to know if uh, people would be looking for a one liter jug or a two liter jug and 
and where we take it from there. Right. So, like, the one liter and two liter, how much meat do you think they can process if they were doing, like, jerky or, you know, steaks, whatever? So, jerky is a little bit easier. So, one of our glass bottles will do anywhere between five and eight pounds. You can get away with ten pounds. There's just more work involved. you got to just keep stirring it, make sure the meat stays under underwater, if you will. Uh, so a one liter jug is three of those. So you're looking at at least 15 to let's say comfortably 25 pounds of jerky in a one liter bottle. And then the two liter would be double that. Okay. That's perfect. I mean, for the guys who, you know, get a good amount of deer or a good amount of geese and love to make jerky, I think that's perfect. Yeah. We had a guy in Saskatchewan. He actually used our jerky and, uh, smoked his lake trip with it. Oh, really? They're blessed with a lot of big lakers out there, and he did a six-pound lake trout fillet in our jerky juice, and absolutely loved it. So even for the fishing folk out there, like the jerky juice, that, the jerky juice yeah, works fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, like we've done the meat marinated with fish, but mm-hmm. no one ever thought of the jerky yeah. juice. Yeah, that's and, perfect. And I know, like, so going back to how much meat we can do. Uh, talking about our meat juice, I know in one bottle, we recommend using a capful or two per side on your steak. I've gotten away with doing up to 15 pounds of strip loins with, with one bottle of meat juice. Now, many people like a little bit more flavor, and that's fine. But as soon as you translate that into a one liter jug, I mean, you're looking at doing three times that amount of meat. So right. if you're looking at steak, I think a one liter jug could easily do 30 to 50 pounds of steak. And that's awesome. And it has a pretty good shelf life, too. The meat juice will last, yeah, a fairly long time in your yeah. fridge. I think three months after opening, uh, we know that it will last almost indefinitely. Now, we can't really say that, but right. it's usually about a year to two years if the seal is still there. Yeah. So, unopened, a year to two years in a nice, cool place. And then once it's open, three months in your fridge and off you go. Yeah. And I mean, like, for most people listening, I think we all kind of go through a decent amount of meat. So over three months, I think that's pretty reserved to make it last three months. I mean, not to, it's kind of difficult to explain this, but when people taste the meat juice, it doesn't last three months in their fridge. Um, It's a flavor that even from our customers at the sportsman show, when they could sample it, there was one person in 1500 meat shots this year that actually disliked it. And I, I liked his feedback on it, uh, but the other 1,499 could not believe what they were tasting. Yeah. Well, it's, so. it's different. It's not like a, you know, it doesn't taste like soy sauce. It doesn't taste like a normal barbecue sauce. It's, it has a unique blend of flavors. Mm-hmm. And, the way I would put it is before I would use the meat marinade, it was, uh, we'll say, a concoction of <laughs> what I liked in the cupboard, you know. Uh, paprika, basil, yeah. garlic, salt, pepper, mm-hmm. and some form of maybe sweet sauce or a spicy sauce, a Worcestershire or something, right? It's yeah. all together. You can literally just use that. That's yeah, that's everything that's you need. That's it. That's well, what I really like. Well balanced. So I would feel that almost most of those people are probably thinking the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was in the same boat too growing up as a kid where I would just take ingredients from my pantry and say, okay, hopefully come up with a good flavor to put my steak in. But we've done Wagyu steaks with this. We paid $75 for two strip loins. It was my anniversary. And I was hesitant to even put my own meat juice on there. But (laughs) butter, salt, and pepper, and then we compared it to the meat juice. And meat juice blew it out of the water even for that prime of steak. Yeah, I use the meat juice on all our cuts when we're doing like a a big rump roast or a a small strip loin or anything. I use all of it always. Yeah, I love it on chicken. It's like my favorite chicken marinade ever. 
And the best part about chicken is you need even less. You right. just need to change the color. So just make sure you shake the bottle up really, really well. Yep. And just put a little bit on your chicken, stir it up, change the color, and off you go. That's awesome. And the jerky juice, too, on chicken, it's like this creamy, hickory, smoky flavor right off your barbecue. No wood chips needed, no nothing. Just mix it a, mix in a little bit of the jerky juice and yep. on chicken, and it's fabulous. Okay, so... To cut back real quick, I've never had Wagyu. What the hell does it taste like? <laughs> I know it's expensive as hell, and I know there's marbling in it. And Marbling is is kind of a light way of putting it. So Wagyu beef is supposed to be from Japan. It's massaged beef. They're fed at least a bottle of beer every day, and it's to promote that fat buildup between the muscle tissue. Okay. Um, so when you when I seen this strip wine rose when it came out, I was, I was in heaven. There was so much marbling, like not just a nice, perfect rind of fat on the outside. It was within the strip loin. And when we finished cooking that, we cooked it on a cast iron pan on the stove with butter. And I could almost cut it with a fork. It's yeah, so yeah, I'm salivating. <laughs> it's so like taste-wise though, compared to like a normal, you know, like a strip loin whatever steak or New York strip or whatever. Yeah, so think about having the perfect bite of a New York strip where you've got that perfect combination of meat, seasoning flavor, and fat. Okay. Not worry about the perfect cut anymore, and it's that times about 10 in every bite. Interesting. <laughs> so so you, don't, you don't have to worry about saving that perfect bite for the end. So would you say through. worth the money? It's worth the money on special occasions okay. for me. Yep. Uh, many people who know me, I'm a little cheap, but uh, that's me. Um, I said to my wife that we'll probably be having a wagyu on our anniversary because it's yeah. worth it. Uh, would I buy it daily? Unfortunately, if my job changed and my paycheck looked a little different, then maybe. Yeah. Um, would I say is it worth trying? Absolutely, 100%. Interesting. Yeah, I've never had it. Always looked at always wanted it. I just couldn't. I couldn't even find a good place to buy it, though, in London. Not off the top of my head, I have no idea where to get my hands on it. Yeah, we're lucky enough here. We've got a lot of smaller kind butcher shops that are willing to carry some of this premium product. And I was lucky enough to find it, and it was it was interesting. I, I, I remember what went through my head when I looked at the sign and I seen the Wagyu available. And then I asked to see the roast, and in my head I said, Ray, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, so when I seen the roast, I was like, can I have two of those? And then I really said, what are you doing? And then he said, how thick? And I said, it's got to be three quarter inch at least. And then I thought, you're dead. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was forty nine ninety nine a pound. Holy crap. So, but it was the best $75 meal I've ever spent. So here's, here's how I justify it. And, you know, agree to disagree, debate. It's completely up to everybody. If you take your significant other out for dinner and you go anywhere, how much are you paying for dinner? Usually like 180 if you're going for something nice. How good was that steak? Yeah, not 100 bucks worth. Compared to what you can make at home, you guys use Pit Boss. We all barbecue. We've got the smoker and the barbecue going today, actually. And when you think about 100 bucks, 180 bucks for that meal, I spent $75 on two of the best steaks I've ever had. And yeah. I'm well-traveled for my age, and it was the best steak I ever had. It was worth it. Good. Now, we were having this discussion earlier this morning, or maybe it was yesterday, 
about how well our our friends and you know childhood buddies could cook. <laughs> and no, no, no. How is lack of wealth? Yes, cook. their lack of, we'll say. And I think, I think to that point, right? It's, it's people can't prepare it. People can't prepare it, so they'll just take the easy route out. And yeah, let's go spend a hundred bucks, hundred fifty bucks at wherever that may be. But if you know how to prepare, prepare it, if you have the right tools, yeah. I, I like I could never own another grill after having the pit boss because it makes meat to you know a whole nother level. Yeah. And I think that's my most important tool, but seasoning it is that's another another ball game. But here's my argument with that. Everyone has a frying pan. For sure. Yeah. Everyone should have a stove. Oh yeah. I did the first Wagyu on the stove in butter. And it was still better than just about any steak I've had in a restaurant. Now, there have been better steaks cooked in a restaurant. I'm not going to dispute that. But after, because I was afraid to even add our own meat juice to that steak. And, but I, I said, I have to try it. I have to know that we're good enough to compete on, on this elite form of steak. Yeah. And it brought, compared to the butter, it brought that Wagyu steak to a whole new level. And the next time we have our anniversary... Uh, we will be having Wagyu with meat juice for sure. Well, now, I'll go ahead and say that I would like to see these on the Kickapoo just webpage sometime. That, and I'd like to see Wagyu with Kickapoo cooked on a pit boss. Oh. To see how that compares to a cast iron. That's a double up. For so, sure. all I heard was, we're inviting you to cook on my pit boss, you bring the steaks. <laughs> if you're willing to buy the steaks, I'll cook it, you prepare it. <laughs> Done. Perfect. So that's, yeah. that's all I heard was, you bring the expensive steak, you can use my barbecue. Hell, if, if you make it. It's not even his. <laughs> I'm, no, I, I'm in for it. I'll, I'll get the way. I have the that least responsibility out of you three in this deal, so I don't care. <laughs> you have the least responsibility in many aspects. I just buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm excited for that. And if you do make a plan to come out to Strath and do it even this summer, I know it's busy, but I would gladly buy those steaks. I don't care. Yeah, I might need you to tell me where the hell to buy them, though. I don't think No Frills carries Wagyu. No, no, you're not going to find them there. No. No, I'd be happy to bring them out. It's, uh, even if I just brought out two of them and we all had a nice little chunk of it, it's it's worth the taste for sure. I'd be super curious to try it. So for people that follow you guys on Instagram, uh, you do, your stories have been a lot more on par than ours. And yeah, you've been busy, but you're quite you know good with your, your stories, your posts. Um, you do lots of recipes and lots of things that you guys are cooking. Is this something we could see potentially down the road with the website? Something for people that are, you know, cruising through your products that they can say, oh, that's a, that's a good recipe. I'm going to try exactly what he posted there. Absolutely. So my goal with the website, and I know and I apologize, I've been really delinquent in getting these recipes out. But my goal is everything you see on anything we post on social media, we're doing in my kitchen. We're not a commercial kitchen. Um, everything is done commercially the proper way, but all of our cooking is done in our kitchen. So I'm confident anybody can do it. Now, when you go from smoker to sous vide to grill, obviously you need some tools to do that. Yeah. But this is all done with our seasonings. And if it's not, and it's not a seasoning we're looking at developing, I'm putting the recipe there for you guys to make. I know you're probably going to take home the rest of our rib uh, sauce that we make today because um, I know Cam loves it and is, just doesn't want to make it. Um, but that's fine. Like I don't mind putting that stuff on there for you guys to try. 
if you've ever wanted to try our product, but you're like, oh, shipping in Canada sucks, and it does. It does. It doesn't um, matter it's for terrible. what, though. Like, no. It could be for clothing, for food. Exactly. Yeah, it's terrible. Exactly. But if you want to know the flavor palette and how we cook and the quality of cooking that we do, just follow one of those recipes and, and see what kind of flavor comes out of there. Because if you like that, you're going to like everything we have in a bottle or a package. Yeah. But to go back to the recipes, yes. So on Instagram, if you look at what I've got right there, on our feed, there's a step-by-step on how to make two recipes right there with everything, pictures, step-by-step ingredients. And I think most people should be able to follow that. The temperatures are there. I hope to do a lot more of that. The problem with another little one running around is having the time to take those step-by-step photos and you know, and still have to eat before, you know, bath time. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. But it's all coming. So, you yeah. know, I'm just like everyone else out there. I'm just cooking in my kitchen for my family. Yeah. It's uh, something, you know, you guys talking about friends not being able to cook. I was lucky. My dad was a stay-at-home dad. He had his business from home. He did all the cooking. And, of course, your son always usually likes to watch what dad's doing. And, you know, I was cooking steak by the age of eight on the barbecue, and, you know, I thought I was a pro, but that's awesome. maybe it was overcooked, but everyone still said they loved it, so that was the encouragement that you needed. And yeah. So everything that we do it can be done in a regular kitchen, because it is done in a regular kitchen. That's, I look forward to that. That's the best thing. Yeah. Um, you touched up on ribs. Hey, Ray, what are you making for dinner tonight? <laughs> <laughs> so we've got side ribs uh, going in the smoker. We've got a new... Rib recipe, I kind of just pulled out of my hat. Um, the seasonings actually been blasted up in a magic bullet, so it made it nice and fine. And you guys watched how I put it on. I put it in a little sifter and just sprinkles it on. It gets a nice even yeah. coating, so you're not getting lumps here and nothing over there. Um, yeah, so it's going in the smoker. And ribs are really easy, yeah. really easy to make. Whatever seasoning you make. Hold two tablespoons of that seasoning back, put it all on the ribs, use that two tablespoons in the sauce. And if you want the sauce recipe, I think Cam has it. Uh, we can post it back again, but it's really simple. It's, I don't know, I'll, I'll have to dig out the picture and we'll, we'll make it available for everybody. But simple things from, from your cupboard, and it tastes fantastic. Yeah. So your, your cooking process, could you just kind of touch on that because this is a question that we even get yeah. often and you know, and do you wrap your ribs yes Most so you're just talking about ribs yeah yeah so when it comes to ribs i well when you guys showed up i had two racks of side ribs hanging over top of my sink with my with which my is essence. really cool by the way yeah so that was just an idea i had it's a shower curtain rod and we just happen to have the space between the where the window is and so i just extended that and i've got the stainless steel hooks Really nice to be able to dry and let your ribs drip dry. Uh, but essentially, always got to pull off that membrane, paper towel, knife, whatever tool you need. I use my fingernails and get in there and slide it off. And then I put the seasoning on top, uh, make sure it's well coated. I used to actually try and rub it in, but what I do is actually just let time absorb it in. So the moisture in the rib will pull that seasoning in and let it stick, or you end up with most of the seasoning on your hands. And you can smell it too, like as soon as the moisture hits that spices. It's a little bit slower, but I'm not in a hurry, so I just let it soak in, and yeah, so I think putting the seasoning on two racks of ribs took maybe 10 minutes just to make sure it stayed there. Uh, And then aside from that, it goes into, so I have a master-built vertical propane smoker and electric smoker. The propane smoker, I can't keep any cooler than about 
275, okay. and that'll get the ribs done too fast for my liking. Yeah, prime rib, different story. Uh, but ribs, it's it's too fast in my opinion. So right now, these ribs are in the electric one at 175. Uh, after about an hour or two, we're going to stage it up to 195. Now, my smoker is really special. It doesn't like to give off smoke until about 195. So the wood chips actually don't catch fire until that point and start to smoke. So at 195, the smoke will be added, and it's about a four-hour process. So anywhere between 195, you take it up to 225 if you want. It just depends on when, when you want dinner. If dinner's sooner, 225. Uh, four hours and you're good to go. Right. I take it right from the smoker there. Uh, sometimes I will add extra moisture to the smoker. With this particular model, though, I've noticed if your meat is wet enough, all the drippings inside keep the moisture level the way I like it. Okay. So there's a debate, and we just kind of had this uh, before the conversation about whether you wrap your ribs or not. I do not wrap ribs. Uh, but I'm also not holding on to the ribs for any extended period of time. They literally go from smoker after about three and a half, four hours onto the barbecue for the sauce. And okay. they finish cooking on there, have that sauce glaze over, and then I cut them, put them into a roasting pan, okay. add the remainder of the sauce, shake it up, and that's kind of my steam bath, if you will. Whatever residual heat is in there, yeah. it comes out perfect. See, that's interesting. I don't do the, I wrap mine. But I don't do finish them on the barbecue. I finish mine in the smoker. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I always find if you want that smoke flavor, now again, you guys are using different tools, but right. I find that the that uncooked wet meat will absorb the smoke a little bit nicer right. I than already cooked, almost dry yeah. meat. So, now, and by dried, it's still juicy, but yeah. the outside has a drier crust. It's like a crust. Yeah. yeah. Like I'll introduce my smoke right when the ribs start to get tacky. Yeah. But when I wrap it, I cut the smoke out because yeah. nothing's getting through the aluminum foil anyways. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And Marcello and I were just talking about this. I have no idea what the 321 method is. I see a lot of people using it. I think it has something to do with wrapping and whatever. Three hours, two hours, one hour. Yeah. And it's, yeah one, I think it goes three smoke, two grill, Okay. one wrap. Okay. I have no idea. I, 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 I also idea. don't use it myself. All I know is my ribs are delicious. I don't know yeah. what <laughs> So I think there's many ways to skin a cat here. And yeah. I mean, however you do it, again, depending on the tools that you're using, um, you know, there's three different methods right there on how to make mouth water and ribs. Now, yeah. Could I win a competition? I have no idea. I've never yeah. been in one, but no, a lot either. of people have been to rib fests and then come and had my ribs and they're like, why do you compete? And... I've never competed, I've never had the time, but it definitely makes me think about possibly doing it. Maybe one day when I retire, we'll, yeah. we'll get a big smoker. I got a buddy that wants to build one anyway, so maybe we'll build a big one on a trailer and have some fun. That'll That's awesome. Tour around. Yeah, yeah, I'll tour down to London after a good goose hunt. We'll have a rib fest already smoking on the, on the trailer. Yeah. Really good. You gotta have the, but your trailer has to be like half goose decoys in the front, half smoker in the back, so you can go hunt with that same trailer. Yeah, I mean, it has to be versatile, right? It, does. it has to be multi-purpose, multi-use, and uh, I completely <laughs> understand that. My, my buddy is a, is a pretty good fabricator. I'm sure we could work something out for... You could be in the goose field, like, smoking meat after a hunt. What, like a that, sounds like. what I'd that. love to see is, like, Bluetooth technology that would go at least 800 yards to my trailer and know exactly what my temps are and be able to press a button for up and down. And, oh, and then awesome. we could finish our hunts and just sit on the trailer and enjoy it. Perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, so what else are we having with the ribs today? I have no idea. Uh, I'm in charge of meat in this household. Everything else <laughs> is not my category. But it looks like we've got some skewers, some baked potatoes. Uh, we're probably going to pull out the onion and garlic seasoning for those skewers. And the onion and garlic works really well on vegetables. Yeah. With my white breast being right now, spicy is not a good thing. <laughs> so we're going to avoid that as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, but the onion and garlic, actually all of our seasonings work pretty well on vegetables. It just depends on your own flavor palette. Yeah. Um, Below sodium seasonings. The best part about those is you can always add salt, but you can never take it away. So if something ends up being too salty, you can never take it out, but at least with our seasonings, you're able to add a little extra if needed. Yeah, you can do a little sprinkle if you want to, and it's not a big deal. Absolutely. Yeah. So any big hunting plans this year? I know it's super busy, but... I don't have a whole lot of hunting plans off the top of my head, at least no planned trips. Uh, hopefully a goose hunt with you fellows. Yep. Um, I'd like to see Cam out there, and I'm sure the competition will start. Yes. Uh, we'll uh, probably put some money on something, I'm sure. <laughs> nice. um, I do goose. know that uh, you guys had this other uh, bet going on that if somebody caught somebody shot bird, you could win something. And So I'm kind of game for something like that. <laughs> but I'm okay with uh, just putting up a competition against Cam. Oh, we nice. can do that. I like it. I just actually got a layout blind this year. So that is my. So my odds are pretty. Good. Let's just do who can call good. who can call in the most geese. Okay, well we'll just leave you to the calling. Successful hunt always goes with you calling, shooting on par. I, I would imagine that we're all going to be shooting yeah. quite well. Yeah, we were all. Hey, you good shots. Out? I think we shocked you. How good? We, we did. Yeah, yeah, man. You guys definitely did. We uh. In the defense of the caller, when you can call the birds to ten feet. Mm-hmm. You should not miss. You should well, not miss. full chokes are pretty easy to miss with the 10 feet. But yes, technically you should not miss. You should not, I'm just going to go with you should not miss. That's <laughs> what I'm saying with. Because I don't change my choke. And no. it's not, I'm not going to say He uses the same choke for turkey, turkey for waterfowl, waterfowl okay. whatever. And it's always the same choke that came with the gun. Honestly, yeah. don't blame him. Best decision ever. Yeah. Uh, my I patterned it with everything and yeah. I know the way it shoots. The choke in my Beretta never comes out. Yeah. Um, I have a 30-inch barrel with a full choke with an extra one-inch extension on, on the port. And, I mean, I, I've killed birds at 70 yards. I've killed birds at 10 feet. Yeah. I know where that gun is shooting all the time. As soon as you mix a different choke in there, your leads are different. Your timing is different. Your, I mean, for me, that extra inch may not seem like a lot. But your swing is different. Your gun feels different. So now, keep now do everything you, the same. Do you use that for turkey too? I'm allergic to turkey hunting. <laughs> uh, you guys love turkey hunting, and I was chuckling at all your podcasts because you guys are gung-ho for turkeys. I think they stink. <laughs> they, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. I either. hated them until I killed they them. They stink. They're full of lice. And I can go to the grocery store and spend a lot less on turkey equipment and get buying the turkey. The flavor of a wild turkey is much better than what you're going to get into a store. But I told my father this a long time ago, and I was lucky enough to spot and stock my turkeys, even at this point with the course, you weren't supposed to or able to do that because turkeys are the smartest beings on earth. (laughs) Um, I got both of mine in a spot and stock sequence. Uh, the stink that came off of those birds was unbelievable. Were they wet? One was definitely wet. Okay. As soon as you get into it is when it re- Yeah, I totally agree. The best time to shoot a turkey is in the rain. 
Um, so if you're not hunting turkey in the rain, you're hunting in the wrong type of weather. Uh, so I've got most of mine in the rain and they, they can't hear you. They can't see as much. They're a little bit more hunk, hunkered down. Yeah. But man, do they stink. I told my dad that very moment, I will shoot a hundred more Canada geese before I touch one more turkey. <laughs> and I'm way beyond that hundred goose limit and I still refuse to shoot a turkey. <laughs> I've said to my wife, the only way I'm going turkey hunting is with a bow. Because That's the right. chances of me getting one is very slim, which means I don't ever have to smell it. You know, at my first bow hunt this year, I could have got multiple tags filled in yep. that one set. And it was just like the one started flickering after I'd shot it. And all of them were just kind of like, what the heck was that? Barely moved. Yep. It was unbelievable. Yep. So that was, that was different for me. Turkeys are very intelligent until turkey season. And then some of them get really, really intelligent, and some of them can seem to lose their brain. Yeah, like you think they fall out of the roost on their head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I guess it just depends on which flock happens to walk up to you, I don't know. <laughs> so, But yes, I am pretty much allergic to turkey hunting. That's fair. Hopefully this fall I get out after deer. Yeah. Um, I was happy to get my wife out for her first ever deer hunt with me last year in muzzleloader, so nice. that was... Uh, that was very interesting. We were unsuccessful, but successful getting her out and into the cold. And muzzle loading hunting is, is amazing. I love it. I yeah. love the one shot, one kill, just favorite. like I enjoy yeah. archery. Yeah. Um, so hopefully get a deer this year because I almost hate to say this on a podcast, but uh, I've been without venison for over two years. Yeah, <laughs> well, we're changing that. There is no if, ands, or buts. We're changing that this year. What type of muzzle do you use? I use a Traditions. Okay. Um, I had a gentleman that uh, I worked with. Uh, he got me, he suggested muzzle loading to me, and I was like, I, I don't know about this whole flint. And he's like, no, no, there are new ones. Right. And I was like, what are you talking about? So he brought me out. He had two. And I tried it for the first time. And as soon as that powder went up in my face, I was addicted. Yeah. It was just knowing that this 50 caliber cannon that can really only shoot at this point 100 yards, um, and arguably you should be taking it a lot closer. And again, at this point, I was addicted. It was that's my type of rifle hunting. It was yeah. one shot, one kill. You know, know what you're aiming at. You yeah. can't mess this up. Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah, you're not taking seven shots of this damn thing with two magazines. Yeah. Like, now, when I was up in Ottawa doing uh, my snow goose hunt, I had the opportunity to watch the guide up there on his video. He's got the new Remington muzzle loader that can take four pellets. Yeah, what's it called? The 700. It's the Remington 700 something. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's their new muzzle loader, and he's a big lad. It, it's bolt action. Isn't it's it? bolt action. It looks like a real rifle, and and muzzle loader is a real rifle, but it, it looks like a real rifle like yeah. it looked like a 30 out six and he's a big lad and when that thing went off he took a step back and he was on a porch and he was well positioned and i could not believe it i almost fell in love again did not, you not with him with the gun <laughs> did you shoot it no he's like come on back to my house i'll let you shoot it i'm like i'm supposed to be shooting snow geese tomorrow i need my shoulder man <laughs> but those four pellets he says it's supposed to be good for 300 yards so muzzle loading is changing. Yeah, no kidding. That's yeah. my favorite. One of my favorite uh, harvests ever was uh, 20, where we at? 19. So it'd be 2017 buck. Uh, got him right through the heart, 
broke his right side shoulder. He was facing the left side. Yeah. And busted his shoulder, his leg. He didn't run far. It was like 40 yards he ran. I shot him at 38 yards. And just, that was game over. It was just, it was so lethal. Mm-hmm. That is one of my most, if it's not archery, it's definitely muzzle loading. And yeah. I'm, I'm going for uh, moose hunting this year. I'd really like to take it with me for black bear. Yeah. Because it's almost like a dream hunt is a muzzle loaded black bear. Yes. So that is definitely the list. And I guess a big congratulations to everyone that did or you know, did get a tag yeah. for moose hunting. Yeah, we drew our uh, cow tag again. Yeah. Which is good. Cam actually called me at like 6.30 in the morning. On yeah, I morning. didn't just call you. I no. called you and I called Steve. And James. No, James called me. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it's like 6.30, work morning. Cam calls me. He goes, tags are up. Tags are up. I was like, what? He's like, dude, you gotta go. He's like, gotta wake up. You gotta wake up. Like, I'm like, okay, what's going on? He's like, we got two tags. I'm like, what? He's like, we got a bull and a cow tag. I was like, Dude, I'm half asleep. There's no way we got a cow and a bull tag. <laughs> anyway, so um, the way it's set online is like we were successful for choice two, um, which can be very confusing because it doesn't say successful choice two. It says successful, and then underneath it says a two, which kind of leads a lot of people. You only have two choices. Yeah. Cow. Yeah, so a lot of people thought, oh, I got both choices instead of just choice two. So Cam was one of those people just super excited. I'm like, there's no way. It was just super funny. And he's like, well, I called the ministry, and they said it was confusing. And I'll let you finish that story. Yeah, but. I, I called them, and I spoke with the lady, and I just said, you know, this is a scenario. It basically says uh, successful choice, too. I said, great, we've got two successful choices. We only have two choices. So he, and it says clearly bull tag for whichever WMU, cow tag for WMU. And I said, uh, so we got two tags. She goes, no, but I would understand how someone would mix that up. I said, great. Then fix the freaking thing. Like, yes. The system's ridiculous. Yes. She was totally on my page. Like, yeah. she knew. I love the ministry. I love what they do. I love what they stand for. I know a lot of people think it's ridiculous. And I do think that some decisions are pretty ridiculous. Right. But I wish they would consult people when they make a big change like this. Mm-hmm. What makes sense for the people buying the tags not the people writing the rules. Agreed. Because even when you read the goose regulations, it's awful. You need to spend 25, now luckily they haven't changed for a while, so which is nice. You need to spend 25 minutes to figure out how many birds can I get between where and where and yep. can I hunt on Sundays, can't I, does that change my limit? So things are not well written. So I wish they could sit down with a focus group and just yeah. figure out how the hunters are going to understand these regulations because I can understand being super excited at 6.30 in the morning thinking, wow, I got a bull and a cow tag. Yeah. Guys wait 30 years and never get a tag ever, and now you think you have two. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's just not written the yeah. proper way. So, yeah. and, and don't get me wrong, I don't think it's that they're out there to get us or to get anybody, yeah. but you're right, they're so poorly written. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says, they are. It's That's the brunt of it. Yeah, I don't think they're out there to make it confusing. I just think that it, it is confusing. It is confusing. It's not logical. You know, it's anyway, I, I don't know where they get their logic from, but I wish they had a focus group that they could at least put the wording out to a group of people and say, if you read this, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then fix it accordingly. If exactly. it needs to be fixed, yeah. it would be, I think it would help a lot of people out there and yep. maybe people will agree with that. Maybe they will. Not yeah, no, I agree. I, um, especially goose going back on that goose gets really confusing because not only do you have WMUs, you have the districts. Yes. So you have to figure out what district you're in. Yeah. 
then you figure out, you know, your WMU, and each WMU has different allowances. I know mm-hmm. early season you can get, you know, five. If you're allowed five geese, you're allowed a double, so you're allowed ten geese per person. And then if you go up another WMU, you can get, you know, two geese normal, so you're allowed four geese. Yeah. So the difference between four and ten depends where you are, and it's just... You have to find dividing lines. It gets really confusing. Yeah. Like, I know when I hunt geese down in Milton, the early season is 10 per person. Right. And up in Owen Sound, where I grew up, it was 8 per person. Yeah. And then the second season, we just made sure we did well in the first because then you're only allowed 3. Yep. And it's like, well, that's not really promoting hunting or, you know. So, like, you have to find somewhere else to hunt, and I think all your listeners will understand how difficult it is to find hunting property and to keep it. Yeah. So, I mean, to have these changes where it's like, oh, yeah, now it's it's tomorrow now, so, you know, your limit went from 10 down to 2 or 3, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So. Oh, it's confusing. And, you know, you mentioned Owen Sound. We hunt early season up there. Um, we hunt two different WMEs up there. Yeah. In one of them, we're allowed eight. Yeah. And then a couple concessions over as a new WMU, we're allowed ten. Yeah. So it's like, I remember last year we got an argument with a um, natural resource officer because we were past our eight limit, but we weren't at our ten limit yet. We had like nine each or something. But he was like, oh, nope. He's like, you've been killing way too many geese. You're over a limit. We're like, no, we're in a different WMU. And he was arguing, and she was like, oh, you know what? Dividing lines that road, I'm sorry, blah, blah, you're good. Yeah. So, like, the enforcement officers don't even know. It gets confusing for them, too. Well, what's funny is it's the same flock of birds flying between those two WMUs. Oh, 100%. So, again, why? And, again, I get it. Some WMUs cover a big area. Some cover such a small area. So, I do get it. I just wish they made it a little bit more standard. And please don't let it be three in October. Let, let it be eight everywhere or yeah. five everywhere. Yeah. Just make it simple. Some place in the states are allowed two per person per day. You have to take like ten guys with you to make mm-hmm. it even somewhat enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, to set up your unless you're hunting the same cornfield and your blind is already stuffed. Right. To stuff your blind to set up, you know, let's say conservatively two dozen decoys. Yeah. Um, to get the time off work, to get the guys together or the girls together or a mix, whatever. You know, you're looking at hours, and then all of a sudden, within five minutes, poof, 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 you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, all right, let's go for breakfast. A lot of preparation for a little bit yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's we're lucky when we get the 10 birds per person. Because yeah. you usually make a good morning out of that or a good day out of that. But yeah. Um, I think we're going to go check on the ribs. Absolutely. So before we go, I want to remind everyone to use the promo code because... There's some new stuff on there since we last talked to you, and there's our awesome favorite blends that we use. And our, you know, we've made sausage a million times now. We've done mm-hmm. so much stuff with your guys' products, and so if you use Kika OOP, it's ten percent off your purchase. You heard it in the beginning of the episode. I'm going to say it in the end of the episode, but it's just that damn good. So, and it's Ray, shit. it tastes great on Ragu. Yeah, it does. Ragu, Ragu, Ragu. I know his name's Wagyu. Ray, but <laughs> Ragu. Ray, any uh, or Ragu, any uh, concluding <laughs> thoughts? Ragu, isn't it a pasta? Sauce. I think it's a sauce. If anyone has any questions, feel free message me. I'm pretty open. Uh, like I said, life's a little bit busy, but I do try and get back to all the messages. Yep. Um, I thoroughly enjoy meeting new people. So if you have any questions about smoking meat, I will do my best to help you with whatever equipment you have. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just like you guys. I'm wide open. I'm approachable. I, I think I'm funny. If you ask my wife, she'll disagree, but she laughs, laughs at me most of the time. Usually it's at me, not with me. So, um, For new listeners, because we're getting more and more as time goes by, where can they talk to you? Uh, Instagram. So kickaboo.shop, I think, because the space is, uh, ends up being a dot. Um, so that's on Instagram. Uh, just follow our Facebook page. That's easy enough. Send me a message either through Facebook or Instagram. I check them almost too regularly. So uh, you'll you'll hear from me by the end of the day usually. Awesome. So if not, right away. Yeah. No, I think that's perfect. I mean, it's cool because not only have we bought your products and used them and, you know, followed the instructions, there's times where, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have your phone number. So I'll just call you and be like, hey, Ray, like, what do you kind of do for this for our first time making jerky, I called you. Yeah. I said, hey, you know, like, we haven't made jerky before. What do you think I should do temperature-wise, smoke-wise? Um, you know, what type of wood chips I should use? And you kind of gave me a rundown. And I know that it, that's not just for me. I know if someone, you know, is interested in your product, they say, hey, like, I've never made jerky. How hard is it? Yeah. I know you'd walk them through it. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's awesome. Um, so just to end this off real quick, uh, one of my good friends that I grew up with has been eating my father's jerky for a very long time, and he finally placed his first order uh, with us so that he could have that same flavor that we grew up together with. Okay. And he says, hey, Ray, I noticed that on your website you don't have your jerky recipe. Do I just Google it or what? I'm like, well, here it is. And so I've already typed it out. I can just copy and paste it to you. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty simple. Yeah. But my goal is to get all this stuff onto the website so you guys can click first and yeah. But, yeah, uh, I enjoy the interaction. I love just chatting it up with people. So, I mean, I find it a little bit more – it takes the it takes the formality out of the business and keeps yeah. it personal, personal, which is what I like. Yeah. I, I, like, just understanding that we're a small town. We're, this business came from a small town. That's the way I want it to feel, no matter how large we grow it. Perfect. Um, and one last thing about your website. You do have a fun little feature that's – I wouldn't say new, but it's relatively new since last we talked. The little wheel. Oh, the wheel of fortune. Yes. yes. What is that? Yeah. So if you throw your uh, your web your website your <laughs> email address onto our website, uh, you have the opportunity of winning some discounts there. Um, but again, with the Kika OOP mm -hmm. promo, you've already got the ten percent off. Okay. So we'll send you our latest recipes as part of our recipe newsletter. You'll know you'll be the first to know if we have your email address when new product comes out. So that's what we use email addresses for. Now, I know that in this age of social media, everyone's asking for an email address. This is how we use your email address. You're not spamming them. For important things only. You're not going to hear from us just to hear from us. You're going to hear about new product launches. You're going to hear about new discounts, new promotions coming up. And trust me, they don't happen every day. Yeah. So you're not going to be spammed in your inbox with our stuff. And I promise you that because that's the one thing that I dislike the most mm -hmm. as well Absolutely. in my email box. So we do respect your email address. Again, we're small town mentality. We respect your inbox just as well as I wish others would respect mine. Yeah. yeah. So that's the way we like to keep it. Perfect. Well, I want to say thanks again. We're going to eat some delicious ribs. I know we're having some really cool sides with them. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having us, Ray. Oh, thanks for coming over. It's awesome. Well, it was a perfect time. See you guys. I'm going to eat some ribs. <laughs>